Hi, everyone. So I know Cardin and I usually have some chit chat at the top of the episode, but I don't know where she is. Um, I got a call from her a few days ago. It was kind of breaking up, so I couldn't really tell what she was saying, but it was something like precious, precious, precious. Go, go get something I don't know and something about I'm in a hole I'm in a hole help me I'm in a hole please save me I'm in a hole so it was breaking up I couldn't really tell um what she needed but I figured since um I guess we're we're just gonna wait for her to get back um I would entertain you uh with some entertainment so um Prepare your ears for this. My skills, um, uh, juggling. Okay, I'm gonna gonna add in another another ball. Okay, all right, all right. Okay, now I'm gonna add some fire. Okay, all right, I'm throwing it in the water. Okay. Oh. Well, I hope um you enjoyed this talent for the ears. of each director's artistic vision? Absolutely not. Did we collectively take over four film classes? You freaking betcha. And will we fixate on one tiny detail that affects how we understand the whole film? We don't know. This is Out of the Way, bra, where the bras come off and the critiques come on. Quid pro quo? Quid pro quo. Okay, well, I'm so happy. I'm overjoyed. I cannot believe we were able to bag, and I'm not using bag just because we're talking about abduction in this film, but we were able to bag a phenomenal, fantastic, incredible human being. Not only that, but uh, just a fantastic performer who constantly lights up the room wherever he is. Oh, I'm, I'm just so happy that he's here. We're so happy that he's here. You can find his special straight acting on Amazon Prime Video, Spotify, and iTunes. And he has an upcoming special, I Didn't Die, 
which will be available later this year on the same platforms. And you can also subscribe now to his YouTube page, The Lou Room, to catch new hilarious content weekly. It is none other than Michael Furr! Hi, it's me, Michael Furr! It's you! You're here. You you're wearing all of your own skin. Um, I'll have to get back to you on that. I didn't check. Uh, you know, it feel it feels familiar, but that doesn't mean it's mine. That's fair. That's true. It's kind of like mismatched socks. It's like, is this one mine? I don't know. I mean, mismatched socks. I would never. Someone else's skin, probably. That's that's a good point. Yeah, I, I have my line. Gotta toe that line in someone else's toes. <laughs> I just want to, you know, talk a little bit about how we we know Michael and met Michael. Um, I met Michael in the Baltimore comedy scene uh, at the Lou Room through improv, through stand up. And uh, it has just been such a treat, such a gift, such an honor. So I'm so happy that we've been able to come together again during this quarantine. Absolutely. I love I love visiting with all of my friends all around the country from my kitchen. It's been a lot of fun. <laughs> it's so good, right? Because there were so many friends that I just would never see on the simple fact that I don't want to go anywhere. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, my laziness and people's um, unwillingness to pay me to come and visit them uh, is the reason I don't visit them. So yeah, so now I just have no excuse because I just have to like turn my camera on. So now I have to visit everyone. Well, Michael, um, we wanted to ask you before we get into the silence of the lambs, what is the strongest memory you have associated with this film? Okay, so I actually have a really good one. It's funny that you, that this was the movie because I remember this movie being on, I was probably like, Maybe I was like 10 years old and the movie was on. We had like a free HBO weekend or something at my parents' house, you know, and it was playing and I had never seen it before, of course. And it was the scene, the famous, would you blank me? I'd blank me seeing where he talks his junk, right? And as that scene is coming on, I hear my mother like coming into the house. Like I hear like her keys and just like her, it's all happening in slow motion. And I'm like, and I'm like, I, and I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm like, my little 10 year old gay self is like, I have to see what is about to happen in this movie. So I just ran up and just like locked the door and like put the like chain on the door. And I'm sitting there and I'm just like watching this movie and it's like the music, he's like lifting up the cake. And my mother's like, who locked the door? Open the door, who, what's going on? And I'm like, oh my God, I'm gonna be so busted for this. And I still like, I, I was just like, oh, hello. I didn't know that you were home or that I locked the door somehow. And I think I was busted. Like, I think she knew something was going on and it was something inappropriate, but I'm sure her imagination ran wild. But, you know, very disappointed that he did have it tucked because I was hoping to just see what was tucked. But um, but also, too, very informative to a 10-year-old guy. I was like, oh, that's a good note that I can do that later if I want to. That, I love it. That's, that's an amazing story oh my god because it it is so relatable to me because I would you know it's like oh you're you're I was in middle school and stuff and I just remember like oh well I found this VHS somewhere and it's got like a weird maybe sexy title and maybe there's gonna be a booby or you know a butt or something in there so I'm gonna uh pretend to vomit before school so my parents leave me at home 
I'm just going to grab a water bottle and just do the, (laughs) and I'm going to take my time and just examine every single second and just hope that something falls out or pops up. And you, you got a, you got some eyeballs. There was, there was a lot happening in that movie. Yeah. That you weren't supposed to see. It was probably not what you were hoping to see, but it was more than you were allowed to see, which was good enough. That is true. Cardin, what what is your memories of this film? You guys saw this movie way younger than I ever did. Like, I don't think I saw this till college because my roommates and I made a movie list and she put Silence of the Lambs. She was like, you'll enjoy it. And I remember nothing about it. Huh? It was kind of unremarkable. I kind of wish I had a fun story, but I I don't have anything fun to share. Well, that's okay. All right. Well, our film summary for Silence of the Lambs, as you all know, we like to put our own spin on it. And so here's the film summary for Silence of the Lambs. Clarice Starling, the first woman to ever set foot in an FBI academy, receives a huge advancement opportunity in her career courtesy of Dr. Hannibal Lecter, a face-eating psychiatrist who, based on his questions, always dreamed of playing truth or dare at a middle school sleepover, but sadly was never invited. Follow Cadet Starling as she works tirelessly to track down the most beautiful butterfly exhibit in Fayette County, Pennsylvania, all while turning down several dinner invitations. Beautiful. I love it. I think it just hits the nail on the head. So (laughs) if we were to rate this movie as a bra on a scale of underwire stabbing you in the armpits to free swinging tits, how would you rate it? And if you don't personally relate to wearing bras or having breasts, we offer you this opportunity to walk a mile in our boobs. And that's for everyone. Just go ahead, think about how you'd rate this movie. But Michael, how would you rate it? Um, I think uh, definitely free swinging pendulous breasts just top off in the woods women's music and arts festival swinging boom. Um, not only do I love this movie because it's a really well done movie, it's a classic, well written, great acted. It also has a lot of Baltimore connections in the movie. There's a lot of Baltimore. They actually filmed Red Dragon right by my house that I lived at. The big farmhouse from the movie was like right next to where I live. So yeah, I great memories. Weird memories, great movie, full, braless, free swinging boobs. I love it. Okay, Cardin, how would you rate it? I'm going to go the opposite of free swinging boobs. I think it's a sports bra that initially you look at it and you're like, I don't want to put this on. This is going to flatten my boobs. I don't want to feel this. But then you put it on and you're like, oh, no, this is very comfortable. And, you know, watching it now, poor Clarice had to deal with all these stupid men just constantly hitting on her so much prolonged eye contact that I was like, this director has a problem with eye contact. Uh, I don't know. So I think it's a sports bra where you got to hold everything close to you because you don't quite know what's going to happen. Okay. I think I would rate this bra as a bra that was recently um, sent through a very bad and treacherous washing machine because you know you're like oh bra you look the same you look familiar from when I memorize you of course I'm gonna I'm gonna put you back on and then maybe 45 minutes in I'm like oh this is suddenly a new bra than what I remember the shapes feel different the structure is 
is changing right up against my skin. And I don't know how to take it. But I still love you, brah. I still love you. Our tiny topic for today, I think, is one that Cardin... Cardin, could you please share it with, with the people? Yes, our tiny topic today. And it's tiny. We had to do some digging, I think, to find this topic. But we came to a consensus. Uh, hospitality. The theme is hospitality because really... As I stated earlier in my review of what type of bra it is, Clarice just encounters so many useless people, so many useless men who are just immediately like, we should go out to dinner or I can show you a great time. And I think the only person who ever treated her with any respect was Hannibal Lecter because he was actually nice to her. I don't know. So that's our topic today. Hospitality, the relationship between Clarice and Hannibal. Yes. And I think we should start from their very first encounter well from jump he's greeting he's greets her standing which is very gracious that is very polite that when she approaches him for the first time he is standing to meet her which is very proper and polite you should always stand to greet especially a lady do you think he knew she was coming or do you think he just stands there hoping someone will come around the corner he stands there staring all the time yes because that chair was there so i'm thinking one of the guards put this out, but maybe didn't say anything. So he was like, I'll just stand up. I, I think I'm sure he, they had to clear it with him. I'm sure they had to like tell him like, there's a FBI agent coming to talk to you. Get your creepiest charcoal drawings ready. You know, I think like he, I think he was probably aware. And I hope that was just in anticipation of her, but also kind of a power play because then like, he's like, Oh, I'm your equal. Like I'm not just sitting here in the corner you know, waiting, I'm like standing, like ready to meet you eye to eye. I agree. I I like that he, I like that he was standing. I also liked that his clothing is, you know, it's very clean. I don't really ever see any wrinkles on him. Everything is uh, tucked in very nicely. So it's like, okay, you're presenting your best self for whoever's going to come through the door. And I think that should be the case when someone enters your home. You want to make sure that you cover up the scent of cat urine or, um, you know, whatever beef bulgogi was made last night for dinner. You just want to kind of make it neat and tidy. It might smell like dirty bong water, but it doesn't have to look like it smells like dirty bong water. That's true. Just throw that cat in the closet and you're tidy. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like he was also, though, trying to, because you see all the other inmates and they're like, uh, what, catcalling her? And they're like sticking out their arms and they're just like doing gross things. And I feel like he's like, well, I'll be the only gentleman and I'll kind of compensate for their lack of manners. Yes. Mm. Yes. And he'll make her feel comfortable there because she's nervous because it's her first thing she's done as the only woman, first woman in the FBI, you know, like she, except for her friend who was just like, also me. And you're like, you don't, we don't care about you. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like, you know, I think like he was also like, oh, I'm here to like be like, like, yeah, aren't they the worst? Which is how I relate to heterosexual women. So I'm like, I know guys are the worst. You know, know, I think that's a great point to bring up that uh, how all the other uh, inmates were 
reacting because, you know, there were many points in the film where Hannibal would be seated kind of with his head turned facing the wall, not even interested or giving the time of day. But maybe when he heard those cat calls and things, he realized it was a different reaction and being a psychiatrist, a professional uh, man who studies the brain. He figured maybe that there was a woman walking in instead of the usual men who had been coming in. And he decided to present himself with respect for whoever that woman was was going to come down. Yeah, I mean, and he continues his graciousness throughout the film. But like from that from that beginning moment, he he sets up a nice, you know, he sets a nice baseline of like, this is how I am. I do conduct myself properly. And, you know, um, and also, you know, I mean, if you're in the same wing of the jail as Miggs, you look better by comparison anyway. But at the same time, like, you know, he at least let her know, like, don't worry, I'm not an animal. I mean, wink. I mean, he is. But, you know, <laughs> be nice about it. Do we think that Clarice, because it's stated several times he'd been in there for at least eight years do we think that's the first female he's seen in eight years? Yeah, probably. Well, it's definitely the first woman that Miggs has seen because, like, you know, he, like, freaks out about it. I don't know. Maybe he does that every day to everybody. We don't know. Um, yeah, it might be. But although it seemed like, I mean, was Hannibal, like, did he partake in women's flesh or did he typically eat men? He typically ate men, didn't he? I think he ate, yeah, I think he ate men. And I would imagine with the type of institute that that is um, and the way that all of the guys reacted when Clarice walked in, I would imagine they probably don't have like female uh, caretakers or guards or anything like that. Yeah, because I was I, cause the only reason I asked about if he ate women was because, you know, thinking would they have kept women away from him specifically? But I don't think so. I think that there, because there's only that one woman in the FBI. So I think, you know, until she showed up, they were like, what? So, you know, it was just all gum shoes with like transatlantic accents, smoking cigars <laughs> before like, now listen up here, doc, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it's just like so many points of this film. It's like every straight white male reacts as if they've never seen a woman before. So it's like, oh, well, that would make sense if they were just like, and she's the first woman to ever enter this building. And she has all the raw sexual potency of Jodie Foster. <laughs> well, how could they, no wonder they can't contain themselves. Look at her. She's just, just can't. oozing. The Look at her. She's got wolf. A, eyes and a face. Her, Cartoon wolf call. She is so beautiful. <laughs> and who, we were all so surprised to find out 20 years later that she's a lesbian. Surprise. <laughs> well, um, I, I want to talk a little bit about Migs because he had such a strong reaction to Clarice being in their, their prison area. Um, and I, I think this also showcases a great moment of where Hannibal is being a very hospitable, courteous host because Miggs says to Clarice something so intense that, again, I don't know how I was allowed to hear this as a child, but at 13 minutes, 55 seconds, you have the following dialogue, Hannibal. What did Mig say to you? 
Multiple MIGs in the next cell. He hissed at you. What did he say? Clarice, he said I can smell your <laughs> Hannibal, I see. I myself cannot. Now, what is more chivalrous than a man telling you that he cannot smell your vagina? I think, I think he was, he was definitely raised with manners. One saying, you always tell a woman you can't smell that. <laughs> I really liked it because, you know, you know, everyone is different and anyone who is female or female identifying has a different flavor, has a different potency of their flavor. And so I I was thinking about it and I was like, yeah, maybe maybe Clarice has a stronger scent to herself that radiates and maybe on this first day you know it was a huge promotion for her as a cadet to go speak to this man who is a known notorious serial killer she gets this huge break maybe she was a little self-conscious about you know her vaginal essence and so <laughs> I think it maybe meant a lot to her when Hannibal was like, listen, I know Mig said he can smell your vagine from here, but I'm looking at you right now. I'm putting my nose up to the glass and I'm going to tell you, you got nothing going on, girl. So you can focus on the task at hand. You don't have to feel insecure here. <laughs> we're we're going to power through. Don't you worry. It was like, you're not only fully clean, you are zestfully clean. So yes. thank you very much. Well, also that he then really wanted to defend Clarice's honor. And then Miggs dies. And we all know Hannibal does that. So I'm like, he's really, it sat in his brain and he was like, I have to write this in a really weird way by murder. But I think it's a weird way to show he really respects Clarice. Yeah, because I mean, he probably had no problem with him up until then other than just thinking like, ugh, this guy, you know, but now, now he has like a chip on his shoulder. Cause he obviously, he, he holds Clarice in high esteem. I mean, you see that later when she, when they meet again, you know, when he is again, also very conscientious to her and a good host to her. Hannibal, he's uh, an incredibly hospitable to Miss Clarice. <laughs> and um, I particularly noticed that, um, he, you know, after the incident with Miggs, he wanted to overcompensate with his hospitality uh, and just completely violate HIPAA just nonstop. He's like, let me tell you every teeny tiny detail about this man I had one psychiatrist session with <laughs> because I feel bad that <laughs> you were so treated so poorly the last time you came here. But I mean, like, if I was a psychiatrist and then I was committed because I murdered a bunch of them, I wouldn't give two hoots about HIPAA. He's in jail for the rest of his life. I would probably be like, listen to this client just to talk, hear myself talk. I didn't even eat this one. It's just a great story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we, we know him to be such a... You know, he doesn't feel the need to share a bunch of things. He'd rather invade other minds than just share what's in his. So 
I feel like if he is such a hospitable man that we believe him to be, it's like, this is the next level of courtesy for you. I will violate HIPAA, you know, because it. I think he takes his oaths and his, um, I guess, like, some of his morals very seriously. <laughs> Whereas like, oh, but if your face happens to be in the way, I'll just, <laughs> I'll just take, have a little nibble. Have a little snack. <laughs> You'll have to face the consequences. <laughs> mm. Imagine those poor people who were like his clients that didn't get eaten. They're like, what's wrong with me? Like, you didn't even, you just were like my shrink. You didn't even like try to eat me or anything. <laughs> I would feel very self-conscious about that. I'd be like, well, what the hell's wrong with my face? Is it too cooked for you? You don't want an extra crispy? <laughs> oh, you must not like seasoning. That's what it is. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, we get our final scene of um, Clarice and Dr. Lecter together when he's in his fancy new digs where he's got his his open in the middle of the room. Um, what is it called in uh, home selling places? Uh, an open concept apartment of his now. <laughs> He's got a standing work desk, a medicine ball. It's very aerodynamic. Yes. yes. <laughs> it's, it's mahogany wood too. Yeah, it's all mahogany, yes. <laughs> his beautiful studio. Yeah. Which also very hospitable of them to put him up there. Because they could have just been like, no, never mind. You're going to stay in your crappy glass cell. Did they give him a bathroom in there, though? Like, does someone have to escort him to the bathroom? I think it's behind that um, curtain. There's Yeah, there's like a curtain thing. Because he has that whole thing where he's hiding the, um, the bit of the pen uh, between his fingers. So I think he's acting like he's, he's like, oh, I'm taking a poopy, but he's really just hiding his murder weapon or his escape weapon, rather. His mouth is his murder weapon. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> well, he's very think? polite to her then. He yeah. drew her a beautiful picture. Can we? I mean, it was gorgeous. Um, also, another very hospitable thing for him to do, he gave her free therapy. You know, and she was like, no, 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 I won't take it. I won't take it. And he was like, please tell me your worst memories. And she was like, oh, it's not the time and the place. We're just here for a general chit chat. It's like when you go to someone's house and they're like, do you want something to drink? And you're like, no, 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 no. And they're like, tea, coffee, water, soda. And Hannibal's like, when did your dad die? Tell me about these lambs screaming. Did you have to perform fellatio on your uncle? You know, so I feel like he was very kind to offer her that so she could work past those those demons that were haunting her and then focus on her career goals without that that pressure hanging over her. I think he just taunted her because then at the end he was like, did the lamb stop screaming? And then she's like, you know, I'm going to have to find you. And he was like, but you won't. I don't know if I consider that a taunt. I think that's like a follow-up visit. Like, hey, just checking in. We did this work. Just want to know. Those lambs still screaming? Are you good? Yeah, and also too, now she doesn't like 
need him anymore at that point because she had already solved the crime and she was like a big muckety muck. She was like, I was the first woman FBI agent and also I killed that guy. So like, you know, she like suddenly is like the big cheese. So now he's like, oh, so you think you're better than me? You still got those screaming lambs in your hair, baby, you know? like He's just like real, you know, like, oh, trying to get one up on her now because now she's now she doesn't need me anymore. Well, also too, he gives her that beautiful drawing that he does of her from memory that also has a lamb in it, which is one of her like most traumatic memories. So that's a little messed up. And also I know this for a fact, a lot of times people who do art for you they do it more for themselves because they just want you to talk about how much you appreciate their art. Like they just want you to be they're like, this is really good. Right. Like <laughs> you, you really love it. Don't you? <laughs> you know, like, so maybe it's a little bit for him too. Maybe he's working through some stuff. That being said, Ivana, I did draw this for you. I just... <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you. You guys, I just, I have to take this stance. I have to take the stance against both of you, because I am team Hannibal all the way. And I disagree. I disagree that he made her that drawing to be about himself and to be rude. I believe that it is a type of therapy. I believe he's still trying to give her therapy where it's that thing where if you're afraid of spiders, they hand you a spider or they throw you in the Australian forest that's filled with massive spiders. You know, also Australia is beautiful and wonderful and apparently fabulous, but everything there will kill you. So don't go there. If you live there, I'm so sorry, but everything there is poisonous. They have giant three foot tall flightless predatory birds with claws for feet. It's a, it's a scary. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. I'll continue to intake my Australia through the television. See, but getting back to the subject at hand, I think everything Hannibal did while he was courteous, yes, it was all for him because he's bored. And he's like, here's a woman that I've seen, first I've seen probably in eight years, and I'm bored. So I'm going to toy with her head and then peel this guy's face off and escape. Yeah, I agree. I think I, I think also, too, because he respects her, it feels like more of a challenge for him to try to, like, be her intellectual superior. And I feel like he probably wanted her to catch Buffalo Bill because, like he said, like Buffalo Bill was sloppy or whatever. You know, he obviously did not have a lot of respect for him. So he wanted her to catch him. But I also think that in the end, I think he still wants to be top dog. I, I feel like, though, he's keeping tabs on her because at the end of the movie, he he disappears. I feel like he's keeping tabs on her and that one day, like, I don't know, maybe she's getting murdered and he comes and saves her. But then it's still a power play because he's like, look, I've been watching you this entire time. And who could save you but me? You both. I have to disagree more because... He was so kind. He was so thoughtful. He gave up that information freely. He violated HIPAA. He gave her this immersion therapy for her. And he saved her time during that phone call because he was very kind and courteous to say, do not bother tracing this call because I won't be on here very long. And that's nice because she was in the hall. It was a dining hall. There was cake around. He didn't want to disturb the party by starting a manhunt. So he very courteously said, don't try to find me because you can't. And that's very nice to not waste people's time. Well, I think I think we've really taken a good look at this film. So now 
we need to see if our ratings have changed any way. So, Michael, do you feel like you would stay with the same bra after this conversation? No. I would switch to a different bra because now that I I think we've talked through the character of Clarice Starling, I think this movie is a padded bra with an overshirt, possibly a camisole and a t-shirt and a sweatshirt. (laughs) And she is uncomfortable about whether or not it smells. (laughs) What about you, Carden? I think it stays the same. It's still that sports bra. You still got to hold everything to you because I still don't trust Lecter. Hmm. Okay. Well, while you two were talking, I decided that I am now team not Hannibal Lecter. I am team whatever the hell Clarice is feeling. And so in that case, I would like to change my bra to one of those uh, Hanes or... um, uh, whatever that other brand is, it starts with a P. But let's say I'll switch to a Hanes bra that um, is very flat and comes in a package of three at Walmart. I will say that is what this film is because, you know, it's a strong bra and it holds its own. And just when you think it's going to be one way you're surprised it's something else because my god it will hold you and it will last just like my memories of this film now and also that's the first bra to ever make it through the fbi so there's a nice parallel there that's true the first the first bra to ever walk through the doors of the fbi now it's time for our favorite part plot point Plot point! We're going to bring you a scene that was either missing entirely from the film or what we think should have been done better. And today, we're going to bring you a scene between those security guards who were at the new cell, new location with Hannibal. Uh, We just want to know what their last day was like before they were brutally murdered by a serial killer. So here we go. Uh, Hey, guard number one, I don't know about you, but, uh, this has been a pretty good assignment, I have to say. This is this is a pretty sweet gig we got here. I agree. I'm, uh, I'm having a really good time. I'm making a lot of friends, guard number two. I'm really glad I'm on shift with you. Yeah, you know, they said this guy was a creepy serial killer who used to eat people. He, To me, he just seems like a very polite gentleman with a lot of interesting observations. He's very nice. You know, he drew a portrait of me to give to my wife. That's that's very kind of him. Very Very hospitable. Very hospitable. And, you know, I thought it'd be weird, you know, just watching a guy in a glass box, but he, he does a lot of normal things, you know? Yeah, yeah. He's, he Sometimes he draws pictures of people from memory. Sometimes he uh, goes behind that little screen where we can't see him for a long time. All kinds of normal things that regular people do. He likes to stare, stare me down a lot, kind of noticed. 
yeah. So it's been a little uncomfortable, but if I wear my sunglasses, he can't tell that I'm crying. Yeah, he, he is staring at us right now. Uh, oh. It's a little creepy. Okay. Well, he's doing that teeth thing again, where it sounds like he's slurping something up. Ugh. I don't love that. I have to admit, I don't love that. Mm. I don't love it either. Yes, really? Yeah. Well, what do you love, God number one? Is this me? That's uh, you, since you no, insist I... on being called by your position. Are you afraid of your family name? No, no, I'm not. You just, I can't give you my name, because security. Mm. So, God number one. Yeah. Oh, oh, God number two. Your oh, eyes. That's me. They're just protruding from your head is it as if you've seen memories of when your father used to set your hair on fire and then put you out in the toilet yeah he, he would do that because of my bulgy eyes yeah he would always always make fun of me for that while he was setting me on fire it was very traumatic he really he really he really called that out that was very very astute you mustn't give everything away with those eyes Put those eyes away. I like your bulgy eyes, guard number two. Thank you, number one. Thank you. You didn't have to say it, but I appreciate that you went there. Yeah, you know, like, I don't think you need to always make us cry at the end of every shift. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Do you feel that I'm being unkind? No, I just, I think if anything, you're being a little creepy. Yeah, yeah, I think you're always very kind, but, but then things like that, like that's a good example of what we're talking about, Dr. Lecter. You make noises that remind us of the times that you ate innocent people with your mouth, and uh, that's not necessary. We are all aware of how much you ate people. That's why we're all here. Oh, we're all more complex than you know, God number two. That is true. That is very accurate. Very yeah. again, For example, guard number one went home to his wife last night, told her that he never loved her, but it was all just a result of his childhood trauma where he saw seven goats get murdered by another goat. <laughs> how, do you, how do you know this about me? I saw through your eyes. I yeah. made you this drawing of your dead goats. You're laying on top of them in a silk suit. I mean, it's a very nice suit. It's a nice, it's a good drawing, but still, it's not not very nice that you would do that. What are you talking about? The best way through trauma is through trauma. I'm a psychiatrist. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's that's not, that's not what my therapist says, though. Oh, really? And who do you see? Not you. Oh, not me. Oh, you almost let out too much, guard number one. You'll have to be more careful. Uh, I, for one, go to betterhelp.com and use promo code uh, out of my way bra 30 for 30% off my first uh, my first listen. And uh, they have helped pair me up with a, with a psychiatrist in my area who is really tailor-made to suit my needs as a god who has serious childhood trauma from his father setting him on fire multiple times. Really? I've heard BetterHelp is a great place to uh, get better help than uh, so, Dr. Lecter. 
Sometimes I lay on my Helix mattress and I just sit there staring out the window, listening to an audible.com book and then uh, call my, my therapist on betterhelp.com, you know. I don't understand these words you two are using. Hello Fresh. I've been locked up for eight years. What is this that you're talking about? You know what a podcast is, sir? No. Do, do you know what the internet is? Is the internet the way that your mother used to speak to you when you were lying in your crib at night? No, that that was oh. Italian. No. Oh, sorry. Yes. Italian. The internet's this thing. It's where all the people with the brains and the thoughts, they put them into wires and they shoot them into your house and in your phone. Eh, we've done a lot of interesting stuff since you've been in prison. Interesting. And does the wires that shoot into your home cut across your face and leave lacerations? No. no oh. No, they do not. Could you stop acting like you're sucking the marrow out of a bone? It's just kind of gross. Well, I wasn't going to bring it up, but um, it's 7.30, and uh, you guys haven't brought me my dinner. You usually bring oh. it about 6.15. My apologies. We're having such a nice nice talk here. Just time flies, you know. Oh, but you must remember you are at work. That, that, that is true. That's a very good point. That is one of my problems. I'm, I, uh, you're right. Let me go grab his food. You watch him, okay? All right. I, I, I will stand here within uh, within, within uh, a short distance of him where he could probably reach me with a single leap if, if, if he were to somehow open the door. But that, as far as I know, is not possible. That is entirely impossible. No one has left a ballpoint pen around me all afternoon. It's well, funny I you should mention that I lost a ballpoint pen just the other morning. Oh, how insane. It must have just disappeared in someone else's hand. Well, I'm back with your food. Oh, oh. we missed you. Guard number two, if you want to open the door, I'll walk in. Absolutely. I will do that for you. I will carry this. Oh, this is a good one. Looks like Salisbury steak. Someone's lucky. Oh, oh looks well, like we're both having a great day. Excuse me, you two. Uh, again, you know, you're really falling off of your duties tonight. You you took longer to bring me dinner and you didn't, you didn't handcuff me to the pole to right. keep me sick. You just walked oh. on in. Now I know that I, we're going closer. We're getting closer from the psychiatry I'm providing both of you daily, but you have to remember, I eat faces. And livers, also livers. Yes. Well, you know, I didn't want to get too into it, but yes, I eat faces, I eat livers. So, you know, you might as well just come over here, clear off that plate you brought in and just stick both of your heads on top of it. I mean, I don't see anything wrong with that argument. Yeah, I mean, that, that is pretty, once again, another astute observation from you, Dr. Lecter. Oh. So you, you're just gonna, you're just gonna put your faces down on my, on my plate? I mean, I live by one rule, which is never say no, so. Yeah, and I, and I, uh, from my childhood of, of extreme trauma from my extremely abusive father who would set me on fire because of my bulgy eyes, I, uh, I'm very trusty of, trusting a father figure, so I would like to do this because I feel like you would appreciate it. Yes. Oh, thank you both. Oh, well, I guess I'll go get a bottle of Chianti. <laughs> I do not know what that is. Oh, it's a, it's a wine. It pairs well with faces. Oh, 
so much for being here again it's been an absolute honor and a pleasure and a privilege to have you here today thank you so much for having me check out all my social media michael Seifer on all forms of social media check out my youtube and check out the lou costello rooms youtube and facebook and instagram which is the comedy club i run where we have great new quarantine comment uh, content coming out every single week Yes, and of course, you cannot forget to go check out Straight Acting on Amazon Prime Video, Spotify, and iTunes. And again, later this year, keep an eye out for I Didn't Die, his up-and-coming fantastic new special. I can't wait to see it. And of course, if you want to send us your ideas of scenes of movies that we're missing or if you want to just throw us suggestions of locations or objects that we can throw into any random scene of a movie we do, feel free to email us at o12pod at gmail.com. That's o-o-t-w-b-pod at gmail.com. And of course, out of the way bra or o12pod on all social media platforms. Thank you and have a good week. Fairly well. Bye. Peace. Silvermansound.com. Thanks so much for listening.